0: Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue, and I'm speaking with Asia-Pacific analyst Evan Rees. Evan, it is so good to catch up with you.
1: It's great talking to you too, Emily.
0: I imagine that this has been a busy few weeks in your area of expertise. After weeks of barely seeing North Korea's Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un, we've seen a great deal of tactical and strategic maneuvering from his regime towards South Korea, and I guess by extension to the U.S., can you catch me up on what exactly is happening right now between the two Koreas?
1: Yeah, so there I mean, there are bigger issues at play between the two Koreas, but most immediately, North Korea is uh, visibly upset about the flying of uh, these sort of propaganda leaflet balloons that North Korean defectors in South Korea have sent over the border on a regular basis for decades now, for a very long time. Um, but this erupted into a diplomatic spat and a backlash from North Korea at the sending of these balloons. Now, there's a little bit more to that, given that this has been going on for so long. Um, Most immediately, you had South Korean parliamentary elections uh, in the last couple months, and parliament just sat, and several North Korean defectors are now in parliament in South Korea. So that's a bit of a provocation to North Korea, and it upsets them quite a bit. South Korea is also dealing with a a lot of issues in terms of its economic recovery and its recovery from COVID-19. So with the new parliament sitting, I think North Korea sees an opportunity to pressure South Korea at a particularly vulnerable time.
0: But North Korea's anger hasn't been quiet this time against South Korea. What happened recently?
1: So in, in quite a high profile move, North Korea followed up on its threats to cut a hotline with South Korea by actually going into a shared um, space that they had. And demolishing the entire structure. Nobody was in it, of course, but the, the videos were absolutely everywhere of, of literally North Korea blowing up the structure that was meant to be the liaison office between the two Koreas. And following that, we've seen threats that North Korean troops are going to re enter areas of the DMZ that they left in 2018 and re enter certain sites within North Korea that were supposed to be zones of cooperation between the two sides. Um, so North Korea is showing every sign that it, it wants to escalate this and push it further. On top of that, there's the risk that if you do have defectors within South Korea flying propaganda balloons into North Korea, that you could see anti-aircraft fire by North Korean soldiers against these balloons, something that we saw in 2014. And that might actually provoke a response from South Korea, which could escalate this further.
0: The health of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and the internal North Korea dynamic has been a topic of conversation. For several weeks, if not months. How does this, all of this relate there?
1: What, what seems to be the case is, is he's having some sort of health issue or there's some sort of long-term fears about his health. And that's been seeing the regime try to emphasize his sister more uh, as a sort of either a supporting figure within the regime or somebody who could actually over the long-term take over for him in the event that he does die she's taken a huge role in this confrontation with South Korea. She's been the one blasting these confrontational messages to the South. And, and that really shores up her standing within North Korea and and in many ways uh, on the global stage as, as a spokesperson and, a, and as a major leader within North Korea. I mean, I will mention that the most The last time that we saw an eruption of uh, tensions over these defector balloons coming from South Korea was in 2014, at a time when Kim Jong-un also had disappeared for an extended period of time. So there appears to be some sort of linkage between internal instability in North Korea and confrontation of South Korea.
0: And of course, I assume there are connections to the broader U.S.-North Korea dynamic here.
1: Right, that's that's always the elephant in the room between the two Koreas. I mean, of course, inter-Korean tensions go back to the foundations of the two countries at the very start of the Cold War. Uh, the U.S. is a major ally of South Korea, and then obviously for the past you know several decades, the U.S. and North Korea have been engaged in a standoff over North Korea's weapons programs. Uh, at the moment, the U.S.-North Korea dynamic is extremely stagnated. It doesn't look like there's going to be any progress before the presidential elections, and even questions after that, particularly if Donald Trump, who has this personal connection with Kim Jong-un, leaves office. Uh, So North Korea really doesn't have an avenue to reach out to the U.S. It probably hesitates to some degree to escalate tensions and pressure with the United States for fear of provoking a, a broader response. So it's limited there. And South Korea kind of sits in the middle as a player that North Korea can pressure, can browbeat and can focus all sorts of attention on in hopes of, by proxy, getting South Korea to pressure the U.S. to cooperate or compromise with North Korea, particularly on the issue of sanctions. That's probably the bigger picture of what North Korea is trying to do. South Korea is sort of the only player in the room that it can work with right now or work on, um, given that the U.S. dynamic is so frozen.
0: Well, that's a lot to think about. Thank you so much, Evan.
1: Thank you so much, Emily.
0: Evan Reese is an Asia-Pacific analyst for Stratfor. Stratfor is a rain company, and we are part of the Risk Assistance Network and Exchange. You can learn more about our premier geopolitical publication, Stratfor Worldview, and subscribe at a big discount for podcast listeners at stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's all one word, stratfor.com slash podcast offer. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.